The most important question I ever got was, what is your legacy? Not the material legacy, but if life stops here, how do you want to be remembered? What is that energy? How do people see you? Complaining? Uplifting? What is your frequency legacy? This podcast series is a result of that question. What is my legacy? A phoenix is burning itself on a funeral pyre, rising from the ashes with a renewed youth to live through another cycle. This fertile ash is filled with phoenix frequencies like compassion, love, forgiveness, intuition, wisdom, generosity, resilience and creativity, an evolution and involution. I've been in the ashes. I want to give voice to the Phoenix frequencies. On a weekly basis, I share my resources or interview another Phoenix. I'm Nienke van Bezoyen and I welcome you if this resonates with you. And I invite you to the courage to rise. Welcome to the Phoenix Frequencies. What is the bravest thing you ever said? Asked the boy. Help, said the horse. I love this quote from Charlie McKeesey. From the boy, the mole, the fox and the horse. Really worth looking at that book. But asking for help. How many times did I do that in my life? Well, probably not enough. But in my case, and maybe you recognize that. Sometimes it doesn't feel safe enough to ask for help. I know I can give up mixed signals as an independent, self-responsible woman, sometimes seen as a role model, a do-it-yourself girl, or being faced with something else like overcare for a single woman, what got me even into physical trouble. But just asking for help stirred a lot of emotions within me, such as, What if asking for help doesn't feel what I really need? Or I'm too tired to explain what I really need in help and support. Or I'm too blurry within myself to be so precise and so it's understood by others. And before I knew that do-it-yourself became a habitual thing. When I was faced my radiotherapy around the first week of total lockdown of COVID in 2020, my dear friend Wendy said something very valuable to me. She helped me to prepare how to come over these five weeks in a way that was supportive for me. And she helped me to create a free-to-be list. How to be free in asking for help and support mentally, physically, spiritually, whatever. In my COVID time and have to go to academic hospital, I needed someone at a certain point who could have meals for me so I, I would eat or who could drive me to the hospital, things like that, very practical stuff. But when you're tired, and in my case in radiotherapy, I was very tired. I didn't have so much space to explain that I would need something. So my free-to-be list physically was really helpful. So I could just 
phone or let someone phone for help. A mental part was also when I would notice that if I felt really depleted in my time of radiotherapy, that I would be free to reach out for help and say, hey, you know, I don't see the end of the tunnel. I experience only the heaviness. Help! So the mental help without explanation, without giving the whole background story, was very, very helpful to have people on that list. But also, in my case, in a spiritual way, because I didn't have the headspace, heart space, to explain what I might feel in frequency or whatever. And I totally didn't have the bandwidth to explain that in another perspective. So thanks to Wendy Snyder, I created my free-to-be list. It worked awesomely, I must say. It saved me so much time and space and explanation, and it helped me through this very difficult nearly six weeks in a way more flow and ease than probably without a free-to-be list. What I realized was meeting my needs was important. And if you've ever been through the nonviolent communication course, I, by the way, highly recommend that. Meeting needs, asking for needs, explaining needs to others creates so much clarity. Because how are you received in listening from others? Maybe you're, well, in my case, I wasn't that precise when I was blurry. And if I didn't check, if I was really understood, I could see where I didn't. I paid a very high price in losing friendships and being misperceived or even attacked or, well, at least I gave space to being attacked. But in a vulnerable position, it's not always easy to step up in a way that was really supportive. For a long time, I could see that I've been a hidden pleaser, a hidden martyr, probably also because I'm raised in a martyrhood archetype family. In my case, it numbed me. It diminished my courage. And maybe you've heard about three ways you can see the drama triangle. You can be the rescuer, the persecutor, or the victim. They're all related. And you can have transference in that. So subconscious or unconscious you will treat the situation, well, what happened there will happen here too. So it's a repetition of a story. But you can also face counter-transference. So my impulsive response to transference of others. And then, of course, you can have this irritation of or feeling really attraction to a certain person or feel withdrawal or fear. And in the projection part... There's also the phrase of the best form of attack is defense or the best form of love is surrender. By now I know how I feel most encouraged to ask for help. I feel the most encouraged to ask for help if neutral is the safest place to be free. Self-neutral, perception of neutral from others being seen as judgment-free. I numb as soon as a lot of judgment comes in, even when it's self-judgment, in conversation with myself or with others. And becoming neutral 
and don't go into projection, counter-transference or transference. It's a lifelong practice because, you know, life invites us, surroundings invite us to act differently. So where I feel safe is where it's okay that I don't know instead of forcing to be righteous. Where I can be okay with I don't know yet and tap into curiosity, not being perceived as toxic, positive, let's say that way. And as a do-it-yourself perceived person, the bravest, hard, vulnerable question I asked was help. So I could receive true care, support, and from there be courageously grateful. How courageous are you in asking for help? The most difficult thing I faced in this whole process and later on in life too, is where people felt disappointed. I had to deal with their disappointment that I didn't ask them for help. So they couldn't give me whatever they wanted to do for me, but coming from a perspective of judgment and blame. So in that way, I felt even guilty that I didn't reach out for help. And honestly, I can tell you that didn't help with the numbness and the courage to ask next time for help. But also the other side is perceiving a overcare where people come from the perspective of pushing that you have to ask them so they feel valuable and blame you for not asking for help because you don't have the space you didn't work hard enough and on yourself, you didn't do enough, and you're even a weak type not asking for help. Well, see for yourself what fits you. But I reached a state of numbness to respond to that, to create your own safety from a neutrality with yourself and others, because it's okay to be not okay. And to start speaking up and saying, hey, I don't know, I don't know, I don't just don't know. Can you help me? Not of being fixed, but being listened at. Receive true care and support and be courageously grateful. That's an awesome way to rise. 